I've been preaching long enough now to realize that I'm not an expert, and I'll never be an expert. Although I want to be an expert at communicating the truth of God's word to people so that he touches people's hearts and so that he changes people's lives. But I've come to notice this as I've preached. There are many times that people come to church, including preachers, with things on their mind other than worship or wanting to hear God's word or loving the Lord their God or choosing to fulfill the purpose he's given to them in life. In fact, many of the times that we come together to worship, the things we're thinking about are the things we've been thinking about throughout the week before. Many times we're thinking about the worries that we have. Every person in this world has worries. Now, you might not like to think that you have worries because you're strong enough to handle things on your own. So instead of calling those things worries, you call them cares or concerns. You don't get worried. You're strong enough. You can take care of it. Others have so many worries that they go beyond dealing with the specific problems that they're facing to the point where they reach a social anxiety disorder or they, they have panic attacks. So on the one hand, you, you have people who refuse to deal with the things that they are seriously concerned about by thinking that they can handle it all on their own. That kind of attitude says, I got this. And then on the other hand, you have people who simply give up because they don't know how to handle all of the stresses in life. Their attitude is something like, I don't got this. The Bible presents a different solution to the problem of bearing burdens. I can't imagine all of the burdens that each and every one of you bear, but I have no doubt that you walked in here with them this morning. And after all, why should any of us come to expect any less? I mean, the same things that you were facing before you came through the church doors this morning are going to be the same things you face when you exit the church doors this morning. So what does the Bible tell us about dealing with worry? It provides a solution that doesn't require you to get everything figured out on your own. It's also a solution that doesn't allow you to throw in the towel, thinking that you have no hope. The Bible teaches us how to deal with worry, concern, burden, fear, stress, whatever you want to call it, through prayer. Particularly prayer with thanksgiving. If you brought your Bible with you this morning, I want to ask you to open it up to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's fine. There's one on the back of the pew just in front of you, or the verses will be on the screen behind me. You can follow along. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We're going to read these two verses about praying with thanksgiving. The Bible says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all comprehension. Some translations say, goes beyond all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Even with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up on Thursday, you have some things that worry you. Things you've done in your past. Things that might happen in your future. Worry doesn't take a holiday, does it? There are questions to which you don't have answers. Problems that you don't know how to solve and obstacles that you cannot seem to overcome. Instead of pushing those things to the side this morning, I want you to bring them to the forefront of your mind. That's the challenge. You've already got those matters on your heart anyways. And the Lord knows about them. So let's talk through some of those things. Instead of thinking of those things as distractions to keep you from God, why don't we use them as prayer requests to bring us to God? So there's my question for you this morning. You don't have to answer it out loud. And you probably already have the answer before I ask the question. But what's bothering you this morning? What are you worried about? What is it in your life that is troubling you today? I want you to pray through that worry with thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing. Verse 6. That's how Paul's command begins. To put it in a different way, it's like saying, do not be worried about anything. That sounds like a dream life right there, doesn't it? I mean, walking around as a Christian, almost singing Hakuna Matata in your spiritual paradise means no worries, right, for the rest of your days. Do I need to sing the song for you? All right, good, I won't, I won't. But you can't just stop worrying. I mean, you can try it, but it didn't work for Simba and the Lion King, and it's not going to work for you or me as followers in Christ's kingdom. So rather than just say stop worrying, Paul presented a substitute for worrying, and it's called praying. Stephen Kendrick said, if it's worth worrying about, then it's worth praying about. I'll go a little further than that and tell you this. If you're worrying yourself about it, it's far better to pray to God about it. The Bible does not discredit people who are worried. A lot of times we see worry as a weakness. But worry rather seems to be a condition of humanity living in a fallen world. The Bible points out the truth that all of us get worried about something at some point. Or else Paul wouldn't have had to say, be anxious for nothing. The question is, what do we do when anxiety arises? Do you ignore it? Act like it's not there. Do you tackle it in your own wisdom and strength and try to overcome it? Do you cave into the pressure and turn to unhealthy avenues to escape the stress? Or do you take it to the Lord in prayer? Pray to God with thanksgiving. That's what the Bible says to do. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Did Paul say we should pray about the big things or the small things? He said we should pray about all things, everything. Do you pray about everything? Or do you think that there are some things too big for God to handle? Or maybe there are some things that are too small for God to care about. Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17 says this, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing, nothing is too difficult for you. First Peter chapter 5 verses 6 and 7 say this, Therefore humble yourselves, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Your problem cannot be bigger than this world. It just, it can't be. And God made the world. If he made the world, then he can take care of your world and your problems. Talk to him about what's bothering you. Your concerns, no matter how small, matter to God because you matter to Him. If God makes sure that a sparrow has enough food to eat during the winter migration, you guys paid attention to those birds flying around in the sky lately? I mean, if He takes care of those little creatures, how much more will He take care of a person that He has made in His own image? A human being for whom he sent his only son Jesus to die. Talk to the Lord about your concerns. Pray with thanksgiving. As you pray, Paul uses both the words prayer and supplication. So as you pray, which is general conversation with God, just an ongoing communication with him, and as you make supplication which is a Bible word that means you ask God to supply what you need. You hear that? Supplication, you ask God to supply what you need. When you're praying, talking to God in general conversation and asking Him to supply things you need, do it with thanksgiving. Your life might not be perfect at the present, but that ought not stop you from thanking God for His provision in the past. One of the big reasons that we don't trust God with the future is that we haven't thanked Him for what He's already given us. That little phrase in verse 6, with thanksgiving, makes all the difference in dealing with worry. When we pray with thanksgiving to God, we're reminded that it's not about, I got this, or I don't got this. We're reminded that God has all of it. Remember that little children's song? We used to sing in Bible school. He's got the whole world in his hands. You know, and then you'd go through the motions and you'd sing to God about how he had the, the wind and the rain in his hands. You know, he, he had everybody in his hands and you'd stretch out your arms as wide as you could to slap your friend in the back of the head. You remember that song? And then there would come a point towards the end, at least it was at the end when, when I was growing up in vacation Bible school, We'd, we'd start to sing this. He's got you and me in his hands. The Lord has it all. I wonder 
if God has all of your thankfulness? Are you holding on to some vain pride that says, I made myself who I am, or I did it my way? Pray to God with thanksgiving. Telling God thank you for the blessings he's given you enables you to enjoy those blessings all over again. Enjoying those past answers to prayer will help you trust God with your future requests. And it will keep you content, eager, and joyful while you wait on Him in the present. Contentment is produced by thanksgiving. But contentment doesn't produce complacency. Those are two different things. Contentment, rather, creates expectancy. That the same God who has never failed will not fail yet. So instead of wishing for God to do something we don't believe he can do, or begging God to do something we don't trust he will do, we make our requests known to him with eager expectation. That's what it means to pray to God with thanksgiving. We wait and watch for how God and His faithfulness will respond to our faith in Him. I have four children at the house. One of them is still a year old, so he's too young to understand some of these things. But Mally Grace, our oldest, she's eight years old. So she's been through eight Christmases in our house. Do you think that come December the 25th, Christmas morning, she's going to wake up and go, well, you know what? I'm thankful that mom and dad have given me presents every Christmas, but I don't expect to wake up and open anything today. You think any child has that attitude? No. Why? Because they know their parents love them and their parents want to give them gifts. And we, we might think that our biggest problem as Christians is that we don't thank God for what he's done. And that is a big problem. But another problem we have is that we don't expect God to continue to do what he's been doing all along. I mean, when did God stop saving people? When did God stop providing for the needs of his children? When did God stop giving blessings to those who love him and walk in faithfulness with him. We wait and watch for how God and his faithfulness will respond to our faith in him. God already knows what's bothering us, what we're worried about. He just wants us to make our specific requests known to him so that we can know he is a good God who provides for and protects his children. Pray to God with thanksgiving. In verse 6, Paul gave the command to pray with thanksgiving. And then in verse 7, he shifted gears and he turned to the effect of praying with thanksgiving. He told people this is the outcome of, of what praying with thanksgiving is. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. The effect of praying to God with thanksgiving is peace. In the Bible, God's peace is the promise and assurance of His presence with us at all times. 
John 14, 27 is a verse where Jesus promised that he would give his disciples peace. They were worried. But Jesus said this in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Our tendency with troubles is to focus on what we know and on what we understand about the issue. Instead, we ought to fix our focus on God who is with us in perfect wisdom. He sees and comprehends things that we don't. When we pray about our anxiety, we don't have to have all of the answers. We just need to remember to come to the one who does have the answers. Do you ever remember being scared when you were little because you were in a place that was unfamiliar with people that you didn't know and something happened and you didn't know what to do? I just described Thanksgiving Day for some of you growing up, right? You guys ever remember being in a situation like that? What does a child do at that point? Ms. Barbara said it. They go straight to their dad, to their mom, to the person that they know loves them and cares for them. At that point, a child is not concerned about where they are so long as they are with their parent. They don't care who all is around so long as their grandmother is there with them. They may not have a clue what to do, but it doesn't matter as long as that person is by their side. When you pray to God with thanksgiving, he gives you a peace that goes beyond comprehension. The fact is that you and I will not know all of the facts. But we don't need to know all the facts in order to come to God. We don't need to know all the facts in order to have peace. All God requires is faith. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. The Bible says there that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. When we have the faith to pray, God provides the peace. Pray to God with thanksgiving. And here's why the peace that Jesus gives is, is different than the peace of this world. Look at the end of Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Worries, anxieties, fears, and frustrations creep into our hearts and into our minds. If we don't take those matters to God in prayer, then the affections of our hearts are fixed upon things other than God. And the thoughts of our minds are consumed with things other than godliness. Praying with thanksgiving provides us peace. And that peace provides us with protection from worshiping something other than God, from loving something more than Him or less than Him. And that peace keeps us from thinking of ungodly things. It keeps us from dwelling on evil ways to escape what's troubling us. I want you to notice something here in this passage. In Philippians chapter 4, 
verse 1. It's just a few verses before Paul gave this instruction on praying with thanksgiving. I know I didn't read this verse to you, but I want to point out a a phrase that's there in in verse 1. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. He told the Christians here, just like he told the Christians in Ephesians 6, to stand firm. Understand something about worry and anxiety. Satan will use anxiety to attack you often and at opportune times. Satan will use worry to cause division between believers, brothers and sisters in the church, in the family of God. Satan will use fear to freeze you so that you don't move forward in your faith. The only way to confront anxiety, worry, and fear is by praying to God with thanksgiving. Think about Paul's life and his own prayers at this point. Paul was in prison for preaching the good news of Jesus. He was anxious about whether or not he would ever be set free again. In fact, he told them that. I long to see you, chapter 4, verse 1 of Philippians. He had some anxiety. Paul was worried about two ladies in the Philippian church. Their names were Eudoia and Syntyche. They were in discord with one another. He even talks about that, Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. Paul was fearful that leaders in the Philippian church wouldn't follow through with his instructions to strengthen the church, and to make their witness more bold. He talks about that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 3, making an appeal to these laborers in God's kingdom. Paul even had to talk himself into rejoicing, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He says it twice, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's like he's having to muster up something he doesn't have because of the situation he's in. And then he even had to remind himself that everything would one day be okay and better than okay because Jesus would come back soon. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5. The Lord is near. It was at this point in Paul's life, in his ministry, with everything going on, that he gave the instruction to pray with thanksgiving. And I think it's not just because the Philippian church needed to hear Pray with thanksgiving. But Paul himself needed to pray with thanksgiving. I'm going to follow Paul's lead here and be honest with you myself this morning. I mentioned to you I have four children at home for whom I'm responsible to raise in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Look, I don't know if you know me. I don't know if you know my kids. I don't know if you've seen the current state of this world. But I'm a little anxious, folks. I preach to many of you about loving the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving your neighbor as yourself and making disciples of all the nations for over five years. And I'll just be honest with you, there's some days... That I go, God, am I just not saying this right? Or are they just not getting it? That worries this pastor. 
It does. There are more children and teenagers in our church facilities on Wednesday nights than there are of you here this morning. Isn't that incredible? But they need more godly Christian adult influences in their lives. They need more space for their activities. Their families desperately need the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm fearful that our church will miss future opportunities to minister to this number of kids and youth because we're not all responding to this need as God wants us to. I'm afraid that we won't have the resources to provide them the space that they need. I'm scared that we won't have the vision and leadership to make an eternal impact in the lives of all the people we have the potential to reach. And honestly, with all of these things and more on my heart and on my mind, there's been times here lately when I haven't really known what to do. I felt overwhelmed and under-equipped. But I think the Bible presents a precious truth here, doesn't it? Pray to God with thanksgiving. So Lord... I thank you for four healthy kids in my home. God, I thank you that they're more like their mama than they are their daddy. God, I thank you most of all that you've brought the oldest three to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. God, give me what I need to be a father who leads and guides his children in the truth. Father God, I thank you for the work that you're doing here at First Baptist Church in Walnut Ridge. Lord, I thank you that Ron Ingram and some of our other church folks are getting the idea of reaching out to somebody around them. Lord, I thank you for the work you've done in Austin's life and you're still doing in his life. Thank you that he was baptized this morning. God, I pray that you would give me as a pastor the vision that I need to share with your people the desperation of a lost world to the point that they are so excited and eager to go and share the good news with their family and friends. That's all they can think about heading into the Thanksgiving holiday. Father God, I thank you for these children and teenagers who flood our facilities every Wednesday night. God, I thank you for the opportunities you've given us to share the gospel with them, to teach them how to be responsible, young men and women, to help them memorize verses. God, I thank you for giving our church, Coy and Bryson, youth minister and a children's minister who love them and who want to see more come to know Jesus and follow him faithfully all the days of their lives. God, we need more room for them. I have no idea what that looks like. But you know what you want to do in this community. God, we've just gotten a taste of it. We've just seen a little bit of what you want to do in bringing people to know you. You don't just want these kids and teenagers to know you. You want their families to know you. So God, give us what we need 
to reach them for Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to be honest with God today. What's worrying you? Maybe something going on with your family that I don't know about. In fact, you might not know what all is going on there, but you know there's a problem. God knows it better than you do. Talk to him about it. Maybe there's an issue at work. Maybe there's an issue between you and somebody in our church. Maybe you see some of the same things in our community that I see. People who desperately need Jesus instead of worrying about those things. Why don't we pray to God with thanksgiving? Would you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? During this time, I'm just going to ask you to respond to God as he spoke into your heart this morning. Maybe you're here and there's something very real that's worrying you and bothering you. And you simply just need to pray to God with thanksgiving and talk to him about it. Maybe you're here this morning and something's been bothering you for who knows how long. And really it's the one thing that you know but you don't want to admit. The truth is you want to pray to God and you want to give Him your worries and cares and concerns. But you don't feel like He hears you when you pray to Him because you don't know Him. Would you stop worrying about where you're going to spend eternity today? And choose to give your life here and now to Jesus Christ so he can give you a new one. I'll be standing down here in the front. If any of you need to come and speak with me or pray with me, I'd be happy to do so. This altar is open. If you would like to come and kneel in prayer before the Lord. Or maybe just where you're standing today. You need to talk to God. Would you respond to God as he calls you this morning?